This episode of the Chicken Nick podcast is brought to you by Dundee Bank. It is the greatest small bank, a community-focused small business right in the heart of Omaha with locations in Dundee, Blackstone, and Little Bohemia. Open an account at Dundee Bank. They'll donate $10 to a local nonprofit. DundeeBanking.com. Dundee Bank, member FDIC. 13 from the floor, guy that averages 20 points per game, only has six. So you needed all of Branham's points. All the sports. That was tweeted to the Chick and Nick account by a fan, by a listener, saying it sounds like Nick was quoting the show. I don't believe that's the case. I feel like the show is one of the furthest things, or at least trying to keep it away from your mind as much as possible during a game. But when you said all the points, did it in your mind go, mm, that's kind of Chick and Nicky, but that's not what I intended? couple of things. Yes, it did quickly, like a like a shooting star, <laughs> flashed across my brain. I was like, "No, do not think about that." And so I was quickly able to refocus. But I'm having flashbacks now of my old KMTV days, where I would call a game and you would be recording it, you would be cutting out audio, everybody's listening for all the wrong reasons, you know? It's not like, wow, great choice, or great great analysis about ball screen defense. No, it's all just, hey, Nick said this was stupid, and this sounds like a drop. That's what it feels like we're trending towards, okay? Yep, I do. I do remember that. Um, some of those when you would do KT- KMTV, and I was like, oh, this is going to fill a half hour tomorrow. Just relentless off the ball, trying to score, and you can't take any siesta when you're guarding him because he will burn you. Why would you drop siesta? Why would, why would I do that? Why? Why would I do that? That was like 2010. Oh, that was I, like- I, it's funny. I was talking to I, I was. I don't know if you feel this way with with maybe how things started for you at Carney or whatever. I don't know if you know how things were for you right away, but like I remember probably when I was doing the show with you, I'd probably complain to you like, "Man, how am I not doing? I should be on ESPN. I should be doing Big Monday. I should be doing all these big games, you know?" And I look back on it now and I'm like, "Thank God I didn't get those opportunities when I wasn't ready for them. I I was allowed to have numerous reps to kind of stink when there wasn't a huge audience, no one outside of like No my, one's watching NET. How dare on behalf of everybody with NET, how dare you dot com, how dare you dot com and need to log on to NET, how dare you dot com. But I Thank God no one was really – I wasn't on a big stage where I was, you know, saying nonsense. Like, it's, it's easy to say after the fact, but, boy, I, your boy wasn't ready for Big Monday. Your boy was barely said, barely ready for Drake at Creighton on KMTV. You know what I'm saying? You weren't ready for a little Tuesday. Ready to shoot the basketball. 
It's Little Tuesday. It's Evansville. It's Creighton. <laughs> Only on NET. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> for today's Tiny Wednesday matchup. Wee Wee Wednesday. It's Wee Wee Wednesday only on Action 3 News. Action. Do you remember? You remember? You remember? How you would, you would call, you would host the show, co-host the show from these Missouri Valley Conference sites. Yeah. And there was one, I think it was Peoria, was it not? Yes. When you had to, you were in the press box or a sideline, but you had, they said you can host but you need to turn and face the wall. They the Blair place. Witch Project me. They they, tri- they they they've made me turn and face walls. Jim Less at Bradley. That's right. I'm in the arena. I am doing my show. They come in to do shoot around. Jim Less is like, I just coached against that guy a year or two, you know, two years ago. Like, you got to turn around. I mean, your boy did like the entire show with a wall with the John Wall two inches from my face. It's not good. It's like you're being, it's like you're being punished for yes. three hours. I got put in a three-hour timeout by Jim Les. Listeners felt punished when they listened to us. Well, there's no doubt it. about that. There's no doubt, Matt. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. We uh, this it was an odd Sunday for you and me where we didn't even attempt to text each other to say, "Hey, what are you doing?" Because I think we both knew. Yeah. Okay, he's there. I'm here. I saw a video there. of you. You were walking. You look cool, too. You're walking on a field in a suit. You're like, what's up? Just out here, you know, ESPN, 2 o'clock Eastern time. If you're not doing anything, check me out. If not, no big deal. Like, I care what you watch, loser. Something like that. I think that's pretty much what you said. verbatim what I said, actually. I call people losers for not listening, not watching. Hey, you got no life. Check out what I'm doing in my sweet life. I was like, wow, this guy speaks to me. Those glasses I was wearing, I purchased them at the airport when I was leaving Charlotte because I forgot my sunglasses at home and – you, know, you can't go to the Sunshine State without sunglasses. You better believe that. Oh, and by the way, I saw you. Was it legitimately 120 degrees on the field? So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I've thought about this I've a thought lot. about this a lot. Now, 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 might that temperature be revisited? I don't know. I've thought about this a lot. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, was it that hot? Give me where, okay, where were you exactly? I was in Orlando, Camping World Stadium, site of the Citrus Bowl. Iowa and Kentucky had just played the day before. Shouts out to Iowa Matt. Uh, No, you're not. Iowa Matt, did you, uh, did you enjoy the Citrus Bowl? You had some trouble offensively, didn't you? Why is that? Well, Spencer Petrus. <laughs> Terrible. So, okay. anyway. Yeah. So, they have this thermometer, and it's against the fence, uh, against the wall, but but it's a, it's against a black tarpish wall. Ah. And I think it's like when you have your thermostat next to your heater. 
Right. It's like the whole room might be fine, but yeah, it's it's giving a false indication yes. of what the temperature is. If it was 120 degrees, I would have been in my car halfway to Mexico. Yeah, okay? you like, you seem you didn't seem you weren't giving off vibes like I am on, in 120 degree weather. You know, no, I was not sweating through the dress shirt uh, right. at that point. I had someone who was helping me there. I was like, "Hey, just let me know if I'm pitting out here, so I need to put on the jacket again." So right. at least to cover. Did you have up, a blue shirt on, by up, the way? Yeah, blue oh, shirt. Boy, I just didn't you. want to make sure. You know, you got to cover up the Kyle pits. You know, you got to make. <laughs> Why is that? If you get Keith sweat in your Kyle pits. <laughs> You made the wrong Tashard choice. So, yeah, I, I did those, did the announcements. <laughs> and I can't get away from the show either because I had uh, a kid, I had a few commitments. One committed to Oklahoma to start, a running Wonderful. back. Wonderful. His name. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's Ch- Caller Chuck from Oklahoma. Saying wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Such the most patronizing wonderful in your life. Hey, man, I'm going to Oklahoma. Wonderful. Okay, sheesh. Didn't think it had to be like that, Doug. Yeah. Had a burger for lunch. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so, Javante Barnes was, uh, he committed to Oklahoma. And all I could think of was, this. Here's here's the announcement, and then here's what I thought of right afterwards. Committed running back won't be uncommitted for long. Javante Barnes, we got a family affair here. We got mom, dad, sister, grandpa, coach, and one of the top ten running backs in the ESPN 300, Javante Barnes. You saw it on the graphic. Florida State, USC, Oklahoma, your three finalists. Javante, what's it going to be? Javante? <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. Just Bo saying Javante? Javante? <sighs> See? I can't get away from no, it. No, you cannot. Or, I mean, we could have gone Chuck Wonderful, or you could have hit him with a little Billy Sim. I thought of some Billy Sims, too. Welcome to the family. Yes. Yeah. That was certainly in the, in, in the old cranium there. Welcome to the family. It's Billy Sims. So, yeah, there are were, there were a lot of different uh, ways you could go. But, yeah, I did I did try to embellish just how hot it was. It's a reward to be an Under Armour All-American. It might not feel so much today. Uh, temps here on the field closing in on 120 degrees, according to the thermometer. Bunch of players here on the sideline. Hey, that's what an 18-play drive will do to you. A lot of defensive linemen uh, on the bench with wet towels over their heads trying to keep cool, and uh, I might be joining them. Okay. That got tweeted out by the ESPN Twitter account. So it just shows you if you can complain, it has nothing to do. Like, it's just that's me complaining. Right. That's what gets voice. That's it. They're like, this is good. This is going to get a lot of views. <laughs> Send it out immediately. Schick's getting upset. This is getting upset. George is getting upset. Hey, did Nebraska get any Under Armour commits, Doug? Did they get any Under Armour commits? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that to everyone? You asking if Nebraska got the Under Armour coming? How dare they did. Uh, we did compare Walter Nolan. He's the number one prospect. He's going to A and M uh, to Adamican Sue. That's kind of like he's going to be very, very good. And I thought of Bo, and 
So, oh, yeah. Do you have any you have any thoughts on Nebraska's recruiting? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the closest Nebraska got to uh, being involved. Zindamakan Sioux, that's okay. right. Being compared to one of the top. Texas A&M had like 16 commits. Crikey. In this game. <sighs> Unbelievable. It's not good. Well, it's just like um, you tweeted out after the uh, – after both games, Georgia waxing Michigan's fanny and Bama waxing tennis of Cincinnati, look no further than recruiting rankings. And I just thought, you know what? He's right. Here are the recruiting class rankings from 2017 to 2021 in order. Cincinnati, 75-41. Unranked, 49 and 48. Michigan, 6, 20, 8, 11, and 14. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Georgia, 3, 1, 2, 2, 3. Bama, 1, 6, 1, 3, 1. And here they are. They look different. Like, they, they look different. They play different. They're just different. What do you say? That boy different? That boy different. That boy will boat up in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that boy will boat. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense at all. It makes zero sense. The fact that you would include a, just because the sentence begins. <laughs> <laughs> that boy will boat up in that thing. Yeah. There we go. There we That's go. That's great. So, yeah, national semifinals went. Uh, I thought the Michigan game would be closer. I thought Cincy would whip them. Uh, you mean Bama would whip Cincy? Or, sorry, I yeah. thought Bama would would. Yeah. Uh, I thought Michigan would, would be closer too. Cincy. But yeah, I did too. I, mean, I did too. I'm also. I, I got a. I'm a just, Big Ten homer now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. just keep running into that pile, Michigan. That defensive line for Ooh. Georgia not very good. Just yeah, keep, keep running straight ahead. You know, see if you see what you can do. <sighs> yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. A but I thought athletically, I mean, they were – I didn't think it was worlds apart. This wasn't 38 nothing against Michigan State, you know. Right. Ago, but but you certainly leave there going, eh, it's got some work to do. It's got some work to do. Do we want to do the low-hanging fruit two topics, just get them out of the way? All right. You want to start with players opting out of bowls, or do you want to start with just the, the need for expansion and how it's, you know you – the people that are anti-expansion, like you didn't realize that these are going to be the same teams that are going to be there in the end. So what's all the hooey? <laughs> right. What's all the hooey? I think is a very common refrain. Right. That's a big football. Uh, that's a football guy term, hooey. But yeah, I, let's set it on both of them. You set them up and okay. you fire away. Look let's at go. that. Well, I mean, well, I, let, let's start with bowl, the guys opting out of bowls. All I can all I can say is that like if I were. When I played in the NIT my senior year, if Dane Watts was projected to be a lottery pick or a first-round pick or whatever, and I know basketball and football is kind of not completely apples to apples just because the nature of the, violent, of the violence of the sport of football, injuries, all those sorts of things a little more prevalent. Nick Baugh tries to bring every conversation back to basketball. I would completely understand even as a teammate, Dane Watts being, 
Like, guys, I just don't think I can play Rhode Island in the first round of the NIT because I'm staring down the barrel of a huge opportunity and payday right around the corner. I would get it. Like, I I think there are certain things – I think you have to – you may not like it, but I think it's pretty just disingenuous to say you don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand – the, the the thought process and the mindset why certain guys would decide to not what was it Olave was it Olave that didn't play in the in the Rose Bowl yeah Garrett Wilson Garrett Wilson like I, yeah. I get it I, I get it I, I mean I mean I understand how you can play the like I miss the days when it was about loving the game and about you playing for your teammates like I get all that but I, this also a part of this shit could be I am also one of those guys that has never understood the I've never been a bowl game guy. I've never been able to wrap my mind around college football's postseason uh, at all. Even I even think about 1997 and like Nebraska's playing Tennessee, and it's like, is it the national championship? Only if Nebraska wins. Other than that, it's kind of not. Michigan's playing Washington State. Is it the national championship or not? Like, it's bizarre to think that they split national titles. You were playing in games that you didn't know if this was the national title or not. So, to me, I've never fully wrapped my mind around why, like, bowl games have always kind of not been a big deal to me. So, I can understand why guys would want to, aren't all that fired up to play in a bowl. Uh, because, I, to my knowledge, the, the, I don't think anybody's ever opted out of a college football playoff game, and that's because it's it's a different it's different. I mean, you're playing the you're playing for something. For as much as we love the all these other bowl games, at times like it's not for a championship. It's just not. So, I I get it. I get why it's 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 maybe you know it can ruffle some feathers, but I I I understand it. Yeah, you can understand it without liking it, and that's where I am. Right. Like, I want guys to play because of my enjoyment. I want to watch them play. Right. Right. That's the only reason we want them to play, so we can watch them play. I mean, we're being selfish. They're being selfish. But they're the ones with more on the line with their decision. Right? So, I get it. I mean, you know, we at ESPN, and I'm guilty of this, we have built the playoff into the end-all, be-all. We use times of every bowl game to preview the playoff, whether it's the Tax Slayer Bowl. Yep. Or what have you, it's playoff, playoff, playoff. We beat you over the head with it. We do the weekly ranking show. And then we wonder why you don't care about these games we don't talk about. Right. We wonder why these players aren't invested in something that's clearly an exhibition and more exposed as an exhibition than ever before. I mean, the, the, the number of bowl games, too, eight in 1951. 1961, 11. 1971, there were 12 bowls. 1981, there were 16. 1991, there were 18. 2001, there were 25. 2011, 35. And now there's 43 or 44. Wow. So for Kirk Herbstreet and Des to say, hey, it meant something. Yeah, it meant a lot more because there weren't as many. Right. Yeah, because I talked to my dad. My dad obviously played, you know, in, in the early 70s, early to mid-70s at, at, at the University of Nebraska. and A dozen bowl games. Do, you know, so he was like, yeah, these bowl games, they meant a lot. And it's like when you give those numbers, yes, it did because a very select few people – actually got an opportunity to play in them. I just think everything's changed. Like, 
the amount of bowls, and then there's also the amount of exposure. Now every game's on TV. So for some people, that might have been to play in the Sugar Bowl. That might have been the only time you were on TV the entire year. So to, or if not, it's the only time that you have the spotlight the all to spotlight yourself. spotlight all to yourself. Right? So to take logic from 1973 to 1983, 1993, hell, even 2003, and trying to apply it to now, it's a different world. And as much as you want to say, ah, these kids are different, eh, I mean, maybe a little, but the circumstances around them have changed dramatically to change maybe how they arrive at these decisions. And social media has created an environment where players are more aware of really what's going on in college football. Like it's become huge business, and they are, we, are asked, we, we create more inventory for them to continue to put their bodies on the line. And I think once you start compensating players a little bit more, maybe you expand the playoff and, and they are compensated more, maybe that changes a little bit. But I don't like it, but I get it, I think is the right way to put it right. with players opting out. And to Herb Street's thing about, you know, they don't love football as much as some of these players. George Karloftis loves football. Like Anthony Heron put it this way. He's like, I don't know if there's anyone more meatheady than, than right. George Karloftis when it comes to football. But he opts out to protect his body, right? Because he knows this game is not going to help him. He's got it all on film. He's played out the season. And frankly, the last couple of games he played, he didn't have a chance at a division crown, right? But he still played. So these guys that, that opt out, that doesn't mean they don't love the game. And frankly, those of us who do our jobs – don't necessarily love our jobs. Like, we might enjoy it. There might be aspects of it that we really like. But if we weren't being paid for it, would we do it? Right. There's a reason that we get out of bed to do certain things. It's because we're compensated for those things. And these players are working to get compensated. It's kind of a reverse right. deal here where this is what they're striving for. And... Yeah, can you say they quit on their team? I, I guess you could say they're, you know, the opt-out is kind of the, hey, he didn't die, he passed away. You know, we're kind of softening it. Right. That's fine. And, and if you want to say quit, that's totally fine. Antonio Brown quit. Right. right. These players are making the cliched business decision because of the risk-benefit, cost-benefit, risk-benefit analysis of going into a game that will not impact their future and, frankly, won't impact the program that much. Well, he, here's here's there are a couple things to react to with what you just said. He, here's what I have not heard yet. In in 2022 now, we we get upset for people when they may not even be upset. There's so many times people oh, in yeah. particular we get offended for you. We, we get, get offended, offended for, for it. Like yeah. uh, like there'll be time. Okay. You're offended, and you're not even involved. And you know what I would love to know is the person that's involved, are they even offended? Right. Because are we if, changing the name of this mascot for you or the person that the mascot is representing? Right. Like, who's really – we do that a lot now. Right, right. So here's what – everybody's like, oh, so-and-so. You know, Garrett Wilson quit on his team. Okay, you know what I would love? Let's go into the locker room. And I would love to talk to all the other guys on the team and see how they feel about it. Because, again, this is why I used my own I, – I used me and an example of me initially. Like, I think more often than not, the other guys on the team 
can wrap their mind around Garrett Wilson or fill-in-the-blank whatever other player deciding to not play in a bowl game because of the enormous life-changing money and opportunity that is just around the corner. So that's, everybody's like, quit on his team. Well, it's like, okay, so you're upset, but my question is, is C.J. Stroud upset? Like, is are all the other guys in the locker room upset? Because if they're not upset, then guess what? You can't be upset because you this doesn't involve you. This has nothing to do with you other than what you said a second ago, other than you selfishly want to watch Garrett Wilson play, which I do that's too. It. He's a baller. That's it. Like, that's it. That, and that's so... It. And and I just think there there are. It's times. like when fantasy players when when players get COVID and up out it's like and they can't play. I'm not mad they have COVID. I'm mad that my fantasy team isn't going to do as well. Right, right. <laughs> so let's just call it like it is with some of that stuff. Right. And and I just think like one of one of the complicated things about life as you get older is you sometimes have to make decisions that. Either, well, I don't want to do this, but I have to for what's best for me and my future and whatever, right? Like for long-term financial security, whatever it is. Some of these guys are staring down the barrel of an incredible amount of money, an incredible opportunity. They only have a window of time. Most guys, you know, they're, they're NFL, you know, what's the whole cliche? It stands for not for long. Like, most of these guys got a window here, and I my guess is a lot of those guys want to play. Like, I bet they want to play, but when you try to remove emotion from it, which is what we all should do when we're making big decisions at times, strip a, try to remove emotion and, and just make a, a decision based on logic, all those kinds of things, facts, all that. And, and arrive at and, and see what you come to. So I, my guess would be like, oh, this guy doesn't love football. I bet some of those guys really wanted to play, but they're like, man, it's just it's probably not worth it to play in this game. On Monday on the Big Ten channel, we talked to Darian Harris, who's a former linebacker from Michigan State and current director of player engagement for Michigan State, so he's behind the scenes. And I asked him about this, and he said, Kenneth Walker agonized about the decision." because he really wants to play, but he also understands what's in front of him. And as a running back, he should have been a Heisman finalist. He's done what he was asked to do. And then, you you know, you take a few weeks off and you're practicing and then you ramp it back up again. Like, what are you, what are you risking and for what? And here's the other thing, too, is I guarantee you Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't mind Chris Olave opting out. I bet you Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't mind Garrett Wilson opting out. Right. Like, we so, focus so much, and this is in its politics, its life, its sports. We focus on the 1%, the exceptions, all of the time. And the people who are opting out are, it's like NIL. They're going to make so much money. No, like a fraction of them are going to make a lot of money. And it's those that are superstars. So the ones that are opting out are the ones that are going to be day one NFL draft picks. 99% of the players are opting in yes. to the bowl games. 99%. Right. But we make it this huge thing because a few Buckeyes opt out and David Bell opts out and we can go up and down the list. It's like the, the thought that we make about are there too many bowl games? Why? Because Danny Cannell tweeted that there are too many bowl games. So now we make it in, or Dennis Dodd and we make it into this huge thing about there being too many bowl games. Maybe there are. But I tell you what, the players who play in them 
are there for the bowl game. They want to play in them because they're playing in them, and the ratings say people are yeah, watching. They watch them. And right. who doesn't want more football? So we just pretend the 1% is the 99 right. all of the time, and it dominates conversation, and it becomes a bigger deal than really it is. I totally I, agree. And and so I think you and I are on the same page. Like, yeah, I, I, in a perfect world, you, you see everybody play and, and all that, but we don't live in a perfect world. It's a, it's a weird situation for, for a lot of these guys that are going to be day one draft picks where they're not playing for a college football national championship, so it gets to be a, a weird deal. And so I don't know. I I get it. I really do. I can I can I may not I may not like it, but I completely understand the thought process behind some of these guys opting out. I do. All right, full time out from this ridiculous podcast to talk about our good pals at Dundee Bank. And by now we've been telling you, but if you don't know, if you open an account at Dundee Bank Dundee Bank's going to donate $10 to a local nonprofit. Chuck, your thoughts on that? Wonderful. Yeah, I think you should be a little more excited about it because it's a greatest small bank is Dundee Bank, the community-focused small business in the heart of Omaha. When you bank with Dundee Bank, nearly 100% of your deposit. Thank you, Chuck. Now you're getting more excited. Okay, Chuck. Wonderful. uh, Okay, Chuck. Wonderful. Okay, Chuck. Chuck. Wonderful. You realize 100% of your deposits are filtered back in the community. What do you think of that? Wonderful. Okay. Yeah, right. And also, they're going to support local individuals and businesses. Wonderful. Okay. All right. So let me finish who they're supporting here, Chuck. They're going to also support neighborhood revitalizations. What do you think of that, Chuck? Wonderful. All right. Chuck feels very, very good about everything that Dundee Bank has to offer. They're the greenest bank in Omaha through solar power, zero waste, historic preservation, and community. And community. Wonderful. And community support. Wonderful. All right. Shock. Uh, no. Goodness gracious. Again, as Nick said, together we build a strong community foundation, boost the economy, and, stre- and strengthen small businesses. Wonderful. It is Dundee Bank. Again, the catchphrase they haven't used yet but will. You done did it with Dundee Bank. Member FDIC. So the other part of this, too, is how do you get more guys? So it's funny. You think about, okay, these guys are opting out. How do you convince more players to play? And it's interesting the way we talk about it, like with expanding the playoff, because it does sound like we're saying, okay, if we expand the playoff, how do we, how do we get more of these guys to fulfill this inventory that we want to create? Yeah. Right? How do we entice these guys to play more and put their bodies on the line even more so that they can't say no? to this thing it's kind of it's almost an uncomfortable conversation it is weird had. like hey what do i got to do like we're a used car sales like what do i got to do to get you in a car today right. like, what do i got to right. do to get you to play in a bowl game today it's exactly right because when you expand the playoff you get more teams that probably aren't going to win the national championship let alone make the semifinals yet more players are going to put themselves at risk right because i bet garrett wilson <laughs> plays like you can't say no, he, right? Garrett, well, if, no. if it's a 12-team playoff and Ohio State would have been in the 12, Garrett Wilson's playing. That's right. And and I know there are those that say, hey, we're going to see players opt out of playoff games. I don't – I mean, uh, you might, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a big trend, especially if you start it right after the season. I think the layoff is a big reason why you see some and, – and let's not mince words about – there's a lot of voices in these players' ear. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need to – here's what I'm hearing. You shouldn't play. You shouldn't play. It's agents – it's those those whispering are those that are going to profit off of those players as well. Not all of them, but but some of them. And some of those voices are are those that are that are chirping. So 
I think the expanding the playoff aspect of it, people say, like you said, the hey, if you expand it, and Nick Saban said it on Monday, the semifinals are blowouts. How would adding more teams change that? And my counter to that is it's not necessarily about changing who wins the national championship or, frankly, even changing how good the semifinals are. It's just creating a more enjoyable postseason path. And, again, it's for us, the viewers. It's for us to enjoy the playoff and having more teams' chances to win playoff games. Right. Like, what is it, 20 of the last 23 have been won by Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, or some stupid stat like that, or LSU. You know, creating more opportunities for other programs to win, I think is good for the sport. Well, and that's a, I mean, there's no way to prove, you know, this hypothesis here or just throwing it out there. But, like, I also could argue, you know, you know, Coach Saban saying, hey, the semifinals are blowouts. How is adding more teams going to change that? Well, maybe a reason the semifinals are blowouts is because it's always the same teams involved. So the same top recruits want to go to the same schools because they know the only way to get a chance to play in that game and have success in that game is to probably put on a Georgia helmet, a Bama helmet, a Clemson helmet, an Ohio State helmet, and that's it. Maybe if you zoom out a little bit, bring in more teams that can be involved, it'll spread the talent out a little bit more too. So maybe maybe some of these teams aren't quite as dominant because you get more teams that have a chance at this thing. And so I, don't, I guess I don't look at the results of the semifinal games as a reason not to expand. I view it the other way. I, I view it as the results of these semifinal games are a reason to expand. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia have won 20 of the of 23 college football playoff games. I mean, that's incredible. And the other three were one for Oregon and two for LSU. So, so six it, teams have won a college football playoff game. Is that right? Six different teams have won college football playoff games. Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Oregon. Those are the only teams that have won playoff games. And, yeah, you might catch a team that gets gets hot and wins, you know, a couple of games because you'd have to win a couple to get to the semifinals. But I also think this, and, and just try and paint this picture where Cincinnati, let's say they're outside of the top four, whatever the format is. Cincinnati is hosting a Pittsburgh or hosting a Michigan State or something like that. And they have that home playoff atmosphere and they win that game. That becomes the biggest win in program history, and a home playoff win, frankly, a home playoff game, becomes this huge deal where now it's you get to the playoff, right? you get blown out in the semis, what was it all about? Instead, you get to the playoff, you host a home playoff game. These programs that have never made the playoff are winning playoff games at one playoff game. It creates momentum for the program. It creates a spotlight. It grows the game. Are better players going to go there? I I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I do know that it would be awesome to watch, awesome to experience. And for these guys who play it, it's something they'll never forget. I mean, just think about a home playoff game that is won by a program that hasn't even been to the playoff yet. Those things are huge and and can be huge for recruiting. Again, is it going to sway the pendulum in a huge yeah, way? Probably not. But Maybe not. Maybe I mean, not. But but it could be something that 
right. you throw that carrot out there, and it's a once in a once in a generation experience. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I I I've, feel like I've been on this train for forever. You know, just expand yeah, right. it. Home playoff games in the first round. You don't have the long layoff. I think the long layoff is another thing that just has has never made sense to me at all. There was a year, one of the first years Notre Dame played in the playoff. I want to say they had almost like 30, like high 30s amounts of of days off. Because they wouldn't play the last, when championship weekend's going in December, they're done in November, then they play like in January. January. So they had like 30-some days in between games. It's like, it's just. And the thing that complicates it is, these aren't paid athletes, so they have to have a win. You know, they have to have a break. Right, you and have to go so home for Christmas even, and those kind of things. Uh, you know, the Barstool Arizona Bowl when that that fell apart. You know, you had Big Cat and uh, and Compton, all these guys. Hey, Nebraska, you can play. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, right. for, these guys have not been practicing, working out. All, like, I, I mean, a part of me wanted to be, like. I would love to get Big Cat and even Will come like Will. You are a football player. You are you stupid? Like the, right. you think you think guys can were just? Were you serious? Were right. you serious? Like with it, you know, because you somebody like yeah, Nebraska, you should play. It's like I hope everybody's kind of t- which I th- I I'm gonna give people the benefit of the doubt that they are. Like you can't really think Nebraska could have just all of them gotten a call and showed up at the facility, watched film of for five minutes, stretched. Walked through things and kind of played a football game. Like, come on! That's where it's just so stupid. Like, it took uh, the amount of tweets I had fired up. Like, guys, like, I again, I hope we're joking because you guys sound stupid saying this stuff. Yeah, like, who would ask that stuff? Like, who would who would ever do that? Who who would even suggest what? That? Like, why? Like, who does that? Right, it's so stupid. Like, come on, Rutgers, Nebraska, if- you haven't played in three weeks and. Christmas is just around the corner. <laughs> Can you guys show up and play tomorrow? Rutgers did it. I mean, why can't you? God, all right. Fine. So dumb, we'll, but we'll show up. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll eventually get there. But uh, the best players are still going to go to the best schools, and Georgia, Alabama ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Right? Just kind of uh, it goes. The other thing I was thinking about too. Yep. And again, going to be hypocritical with just this thought. Because you and I have talked about how we understood the logic in the moment from Scott Frost. But as time goes by, and I see the Bengals, you know, clinch the division. You watch it, you see Burrow again in the locker room smoking a cigar, looking just swagged out by a bajillion. Some people are, you know, you see a different article like, is Joe Burrow already a top five NFL quarterback? Is he a top, like, when, when all the dust settles, depending on how this all plays out with Scott Frost at Nebraska, is the biggest what if and the biggest mistake, could it have been that Scott Frost didn't take Joe Burrow? And I know that's so unfair because I understood in the moment why he didn't do it. No one knew Burrow would be what he would be like. At the time, honestly, in the moment, I feel like I would have taken Martinez over Burrow in terms of being able to get a guy for four years. But, you know, it's just like anything else. Oh, after the fact, it's easy to, you know, after we can look back on NFL drafts and and all that and NBA drafts and be like, well, this guy, how big of a mistake was it to take this guy over that guy? Well, it's like, well, I mean, 
when you know after the fact what it is, it's easy to know, but nevertheless, it still becomes a huge mistake. All the people that passed on Steph Curry, all the people that passed right. on Tom Brady, right. all that. The further you go from the moment, the easier it is to ignore and forget about the context of the situation. Right. Where you just care about how he's doing now and what he could have done rather than what you were thinking at the time. Right. It's like, man, you could have been with that girl. Yeah, she might be a million, uh, rich and famous now. She was a drug addict when we were dating. Right. <laughs> like, well, okay. Even, I'm hoping I get this timeline right. Yeah. Sam Bowie was taken over Michael Jordan. That's correct. And people are like, how could you? T- Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Well, I'm pretty sure, if I can Google this, the year before, the Portland Trailblazers selected Clyde Drexler. So they didn't Por- want to. So right. Portland already has Clyde Drexler. Clyde was, a very, I mean, basically the same position, same player as Jordan at the time. So as much as you want to look back and be like, oh, the ultimate, Portland could have drafted Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, they take Sam Bowie, who's, you know, a, a big guy, a center, because they already had, you know, their 6'5", 6'6", athletic wing, who was very similar to Michael Jordan. And I'd imagine there were some people that maybe thought Clyde, Jack- Clyde, Clyde Drexler's ever been as good as Michael Jordan in 1984. So I guess I'm, I'm bringing that up to where it's like, yeah, it's easy to say that now, but if you go back to the moment, you can understand why Portland did what they did. It's like the 3 NBA draft when the Pistons took Darko Milicic instead of Carmelo Anthony. Right? Right. They had – why would you do that? Well, they had Rip Hamilton. They had Ben Wallace. They had Tayshaun Prince. They had Chauncey Billups. Like, they didn't feel They're like loaded. they needed Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Right? Right. Now, in retrospect, dumb decision. But at the time, you kind of understood it. And so he falls to the Nuggets at three. So, yeah, and I go back to if Burrow's career, because he had two years there at LSU, if his first year was his last year at LSU and that was it, you'd be like, "Eh, okay. But then Joe Brady comes along and everything changed. Exactly. Right? So there were a lot of things that came together. And I I always say if he went to Nebraska – I don't even think he'd be in the NFL right now. Which is crazy, you know, like, because I'm with you, because I don't think. He would be a starter. Right. And so I guess that's why I just threw it out there, and I realized there are holes in this, like, what if and all that, and I acknowledge all that, but I just think, think about, let's say Burrow continues on this track that he's on. Heisman Trophy winner, wins the national championship. Now he goes to the Bengals. He's lighting the world on fire. He's getting Cincinnati to the playoffs. Let's say he has a little bit of postseason success, all that, whatever. 20, 30 years from now, someone's going to be sitting around and going, hey, you realize, you know, when Scott Frost took the job, he could have had Joe Burrow, and he didn't want him, and he took Adrian Martinez instead. You'd go, what? And I don't know what that means. I just think it's interesting that, like, the further we get removed from that and the more success Joe Burrow has, and then obviously knowing how things unfolded with Martinez, the more it's like, wow, it's pretty amazing to say that. Even though I understand and agreed with the logic in the moment of taking Adrian Martinez and not Joe Burrow. Well, and the interesting thing, too, when you reflect on it, is that Martinez had not started a game yet. Right. Right? Like, he hadn't even become the you know the starter as a freshman when Burrow was being and so you thought oh yeah, we like this guy you know we saw him and we, we think he's going to be good we like our, our situation but you didn't really know what you had in Martinez you didn't really know what Burrow was 
And you always go, well, why would you want a guy who couldn't beat out X, Y, and Z at Ohio State? You know, is, is he going to be any good? But I think the point is accurate that as time goes on, especially in the context of where Nebraska is right now. Right. It'd be one thing if they'd been to multiple bowl right. games. They're winning. And, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big a deal. You know? But they're sitting here still looking for a transfer quarterback and essentially, and I don't want to put this the wrong way, ran off Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. Now, Maybe the coaches didn't do that, but there was some mutual feeling of it's time to move on. Right. Right? And he's gone. So the guy that you took over, Joe Burrow, now is gone and going to finish his career somewhere else. Right. The context of all of that. Right. Right. I think certainly fits into that. So I'm just throwing that out there again. Let me, yeah. I, I, you and I have always been in lockstep. I had understood the logic in the moment, but it just like anything else, Sam Bowie, Michael Jordan, Darko Milicic, Carl Melo Anthony, all, you know, all – there's all those what were they thinking things where if you actually get inside them, they make sense. But nevertheless, they still are like, damn, Portland, Sam Bowie. You took Sam Bowie, even though you get it. It's it's a damn Nebraska. Damn, Scott Brown. You could have Joe Burrow. The last thing you want to be is in the what could have been aspect of the 30 for 30 with yeah. Joe Burrow. Right. 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 I mean, that could be a huge part of how the 30 for – honestly, it's, it would be – a part of the 30 for 30 of just the transferring and and then what that all looked like and the fact that his you know he's got family ties former players as family members that played at Nebraska how he wanted to go there and then it all it it led him it's to a LSU legacy player could have been a legacy player right. had all that stuff all Jimmy that played like, there yeah. it's a very interesting footnote in Joe Burrow's journey that led him to LSU that led him to Joe Brady that led him to Jamar Chase that led him to exploding the way he has exploded and you know it's and then there's just also the the craziness that a former Nebraska quarterback is coaching him too like there's just all these like ties with all this stuff I just think it's the interesting best, yeah the best thing that ever happened to Joe Burrow is Nebraska didn't want him the best thing that ever happened to Danny Woodhead is Nebraska didn't want him right right like, right like sometimes sometimes the best things that happened are you know Unanswered sometimes prayers the best things or are unanswered prayers. That's I it. knew like, you were going to do it. It's right. Right. I mean, right. sometimes what you want in the moment isn't actually what's best for what your what your path is. And so I don't know. I just thought I, yeah. I saw that image. I see Burrow lights it up again. I see the image of him in the locker room smoking a cigar, and I'm like, it just it hit me all over again. Like this dude could have gone to Nebraska. And the irony is that he's being coached by a Nebraska quarterback. That's it. That's it. So there's just another Nebraska quarterback connection to this entire thing. And so, again, it's just, just food for thought that makes no sense, but we're eating it. We're eating. We're eating it. We're talking about yeah. it. What do you think about that, Chuck? Wonderful. A yeah. uh, couple things before we go. One, oh, congratulations, Malachi Branham, uh, Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Nice night last Dude night. went nutso. I, got, I was finally that guy. That as I'm getting ready to interview him on the court, the teammates came and doused him with water, and I got a bunch of water on my suit. You're like, ew. I was like, oh, and I was like, you know, Balakai, I'm going to send you the bill for my dry cleaning. And he was like, ha, 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 and I was like, all right. <laughs> Did you do that? Not on the air, but I was like, I'm going to send oh, you okay. the bill for my dry cleaning for the suit. He's like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Malachi Branham went ham, boy. All right. Wish you would have said that on the air. <laughs> would have been great. All right. 
couple of things here before we get out. Got this tweet from Dave. Says, six-year-old, Daddy, I don't know how to spell eight. Me, how do you think it's spelled? Her, I think it's A-T-E. Me, that's eight. Like, I ate the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eat the pizza. He says, thanks for helping with our spelling lesson today. I ate the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eat the pizza. So stupid. We're here for Thank the kids. You. More ways than one. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Brian... When I said the, uh, I tweeted out that the show is going to be delayed. He said, "No Chicken Nick show podcast tonight. Not cool, CNBC. No to catch a predator tonight. Not cool, CNBC." Always going to be one of my favorites. That is a classic. That might be a Hall of Famer. So good. And then uh, we got to give a uh, shout out and a high five to Mr. Travis Klenecki of. The uh, NBC affiliate in Hastings. Yeah. You might remember him. You remember? You might might remember him from when he did this on the air with a fellow anchor, Alyssa. All right, before that final forecast, a bass guitar played by Paul McCartney during his Wings days was just auctioned off for more than $470,000, the most ever paid at auction for a bass guitar. And a Telecaster smashed by Eddie Vedder smashed the auction record for a smashed guitar, selling for more than $266,000. The guitars were part of the auction that raised over $2 million for the charity Music Rising, which aids the Gulf Coast music community. Over, am I right with uh, Paul here? Right? <laughs> you don't get that, do you? I don't get that. I don't. <laughs> Some of you know. Most of you probably don't. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so that was... Like a fine wine. Gets better with time. It's great. It was last month. And then, because, again, we put the call out. If you quote the show in anything, we've, we've had high school basketball yep. uh, play, by play guy do it. Uh, we had a pastor do it. Like, we've had a lot of people work our drops or Kevin quotes. Suits. Kevin Suits yep. has done a great job. He's doing with some it. good things. He tweeted out a picture of him with the Enjoy Your Buy t-shirt. Yes. He's been great with the 1011. So then uh, Travis followed it up. Oh. Have you heard this? No. Okay. This uh, happened recently on the news desk again. Congratulations are in order for rapper Lil Durk. He proposed to his longtime girlfriend, India Royale, during a show in his hometown of Chicago. He stopped his set at WGCI's Big Jam concert to bring Royale on stage. He got down on one knee and popped the question. She's a model and social media influencer and makeup entrepreneur, and she said yes. The couple has been together for four years, and they have a daughter together. About, uh, who's this? I don't really know. I mean, I saw this. I saw this on Yahoo yesterday. I think so. I mean, people, people are people know who she is, or he is, or he, probably he more than her. Oh, wowzers. I like how all, all of Travis's drops references are from one, just the one moment. So he ends that part, the read, with his reaction is, who's this? And obviously, Alyssa doesn't know. Again, we thought she would have been listening to a dozen of these podcasts by now. Obviously, her news resolution hasn't kicked in about becoming a devoted follower to the show and listening to the show, but Travis <laughs> drops in the who's this? And it's all from the same. He's got two quotes now from the same drop. 
as he drops in this. About uh, who's this? <laughs> about, about about who's this? About who's this? Of course, that's from this. Over here on our right with uh, Paul here. Hi, Coach. Some of the experts are pretty high in your secondary. What are your feelings on that group? Are you optimistic about them? About who's this? <laughs> so Travis has the beginning of the drop and the end of that drop, and he's done it. He's let's done it. let's be honest. This was a much more well executed insertion of a drop by Travis here because it actually makes sense for him to be like, "Who's this?" Because you know, Alyssa's explaining these, you know, some of these obscure, you know, you might not know who this makeup influencer is and this rapper and all that, you know. So it makes sense for him to ask about who's this? Like it, it, it worked much better. So I understand even how Alyssa would, would not even necessarily, it wouldn't ding Correct. in her mind of like, oh, this is, he's quoting the show. Over here on our ride with Paul here, he really jammed that thing in there when it wasn't quite, quite appropriate, but I loved it. That's right. Um, and I did like the beginning of it with the um, with the way she said it, you know. Congratulations are in order for rapper Lil Durk. Hey. Ah, I know you did it. <laughs> Lil Durk. You think when Dirk Chatlin realized there was a rapper named Lil Durk, this was his reaction? <laughs> Dirk, your name's been taken by a rapper. Hey. <laughs> so good. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Travis. Uh, doing some doing good that. things. I mean, now, okay, so hold on, though, Shik. I was thinking about this. <sighs> what else can he pull from that whole thing? Is it the, hey, coach? You know, he's got high the co yeah. high coach. You might have to do a high coach. So that would be that's your next assignment if you choose to accept it, is to work in a high coach. High coach. I don't know how it's you're going to do yeah. that. Any any read that's on Frost or you know anything. Hoiberg, whoever. Sure, just just work that in there, um, and then eventually we'll piece the whole thing together, and he right. can. Travis can have. I feel bad. Alyssa's just caught, and she's in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong podcast going with the wrong guy who's listening to the podcast. Alyssa, do you talk about stars aligning. Boy, did she find the wrong partner, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, do you do you know what he's talking about there? I don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> By the way, gotta give uh, one more shout out and a high five to our good buddy John Bishop who had another great call for tying the game up to send it into double overtime for Creighton. I thought he got a little repetitive. Looking, 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 still looking, get it into AOC, AOC, a long three, goes in, it's on, oh. it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, he hit it, he hit it to tie the game. Okay, John, gee, it's not the Jays winning, Jays win. Jays win. Jay Jays win. Swung on a bouncing ball to third. Ross has it across the diamond. They've done it again. They have done it again. Jays win. Jays win. Jays win. <laughs> okay. And then just adding to the uh, John Bishop uh, diction, the, uh, the encyclopedia.
just you. crushing me. <laughs> I mean, I am just, that is a moan. That's a pain moan. That right? is a punish. John. All right. What'd you think of uh, what'd you think of that beating? Wonderful. All right, we'll see. I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick show! Yeah! Here we go! Hi, Coach. Some of the experts are pretty high in your secondary. What are your feelings on that group? Are you optimistic about them? About uh, who's this? Yeah. <laughs> 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 A Huda Media Production.